Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. Jesus teaches us a lot about fear in Scripture. In fact, he talks about it an awful lot about not being afraid. But he also knows we're human and we're afraid a lot and we fear a lot. And we need to hear that a lot. So we're going to look in Mark and Matthew. Um, we're going to start with Mark 4. And um, this is early in Jesus' ministry. I mean, he's just named his, some, his disciples. He's, he started teaching. Um, and then he started going out and teaching in parables. Um, and this is while they're at, on the sea by Capernaum. Um, or Capernaum, and um, he has so many people coming, he has to get into the boat and push offshore. So this is where he's, the sea is stilled, and he's in the boat. He's pushed offshore a little way so he could speak to everybody because the crowds were probably gathering around him. And it says um, in verse 37, um, so they're, um, they're in the boat, and actually let me start it. Uh, 35. On the day when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. And Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him. So first off, um, they got in the boat with Jesus. Um, and I think that's a key to the scripture is that Jesus was in the boat with them. Um, and not only that, but they were following Jesus. And where was Jesus leading them? We tend to want to think in our faith that, you know, life is good. Once you become a Christian, you know, God is with you all the time and life is going to be easy. But it's almost sometimes the opposite of that. In fact, that Jesus is going to lead you right into storms. Um, and that's just part of our faith journey and part of living life as a human. But the fact that Jesus led them, but he led them into a storm, is something we should take note of. Um, and so while they're in the storm, the wind and the gale, and some of the words used for it actually is more like a hurricane. It was really, I mean, these are fishermen. They're used to being on the sea and used to storms coming up. But this was a significant storm because they were afraid. Um, and, it, and they can describe it hurricane-like. Um, but Jesus himself was asleep. First off, Jesus had been in that boat all day long, preaching. So he used the boat as his pulpit. And now he's using the boat as his resting spot. But he's also at the stern of the boat, which is the place that you steer when you're in the boat. The people that are steering the boat are in the stern. Um, and then he's going to use it to perform a miracle. So this is a significant spot in the boat for Jesus. Um, and then um, he's asleep. Like, I don't know, I, I, I can sleep, I don't sleep great, but I can sleep hard, but I've never slept hard enough to stay asleep in a storm or in the rain, in her case, force winds. But he's sound asleep. And I thought about that and how, if you remember when the hemorrhaging woman um, just touched his gown and Jesus felt the power leave him to heal her, Jesus, you know, we talk about him pouring himself out for us um, with the blood at the cross, but he poured himself out for these people every day. I mean, he was up praying, he was out preaching and teaching and giving parables. Crowds were coming, he was healing. 
he literally poured himself out empty every day and had to rest. That's how tired he is. But yet he was willing to do that to help those people. Um, so Jesus is sound asleep, and then the, so the disciples, they're starting to bail water out, water's filling in the boat and everything else. And they say, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? It almost sounds like they're rebuking Jesus, doesn't it? I'm like, wow. And when I read that and I thought, well, I would never. <laughs> have y'all ever thought that when you read something and then immediately start bringing to mind all the many times you have, have done that? There are lots of times in my life when I thought he didn't even care, he wasn't even watching or listening. Um, so we have those moments. And so just, I just love how human, when we stop and think about this, the disciples were. We always want to think of them as these special spiritual people, but they weren't. So he gets up, he rebukes the wind, and says to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. Well, we kind of all know that. We've heard this story a lot. But what does Jesus tell us to do in a storm? A lot of times we get busy trying to fix it and do things and take care of it and try harder, whatever it is we think we need to do, instead of just stopping and resting in him for a minute and letting him speak to us and still our heart. Have you ever had that moment where you're really anxious and you're praying and you just start feeling your heart rate slow down, that calmness come upon you? It's hard to remember to do that, which is why he's telling them. And then he said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? That probably had to kind of hit them a little hard there that they did freak out and panic for a moment. I do it today and I will do it again. So um, instead of feeling bad about how we feel anxious and, and, and forget that and need him to remind us, I think that's just part of us learning and stretching and growing in our faith. Um, so I think that we need to can give ourselves a little bit of break on that. Um, and when we are afraid, not like Peter when he denied Jesus, not feel bad, guilty, like, ah, oh, I'm such a bad Christian, but just accept that that's a part of who you are, accept that he knows we shouldn't, he tells us not to, and we're going to do it anyway, um, and then just move on from that instead of feeling bad, feeling guilty, um, and beating yourself up for losing your faith or for doubting, but also, after that, that, it, that they became afraid, so you think they'd be, like, thrilled that they were saved from Jesus, but they were afraid. Now, there are some scripture, some commentaries will say that they were a fear of the Lord or respecting and all of that, but they were afraid. There was a part of them that was afraid of the awe of who they were with and the majesty of his power. Um, and then we're going to move on into another time on the water in Mark 6, and that's in um, Mark or um, yeah, 14, uh, 22 through 33, or sorry, me find it. In Mark 6, it's verses 45 through 52. So um, this is another time. This is after Jesus had fed the 5,000. So this is later, after, after the episode where he calmed the storm. So Jesus had fed the 5,000. That was a long day, no doubt. I mean, they had the, the fear of Jesus, you've got to send him home. He'd been teaching for a long time already, and it was getting late. So there, Jesus said, you know, actually accuse him of not having faith to feed them. And then he feeds these 5,000 or more people, and, at the, and it's at the end of this, so he, they're passing out the baskets and everything, and then in verse 45, it starts with, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat 
and go with him to the other side. So right after that, it's been a long day. They're probably kind of tired already. Um, and so they, he, he wanted them to go ahead of him. So Jesus didn't get in the boat with them. So they're going across the Sea of Galilee. Um, and there again, there's a storm. At least a strong wind and stuff. So they're straining and they're oaring and they're paddling and they're paddling trying to get across. And they're still, it says that Jesus, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night, which is like 3 to 6 a.m. So they'd had this long day of watching Jesus feed the 5,000, helping with that, immediately get in a boat. And they've been rowing for hours. So they're tired. They're tired physically. They're probably tired mentally. Um, they're stressed out, probably grumbling, I would have been, and complaining. It makes me go all the way across right away. You know, you can imagine they were pretty irritated with Jesus. And he didn't even go with them. And then it says that he, after he saw them, still paddling in Mill Lake, he came to them walking on the sea. And he intended to pass by them. So if you stop to picture that for a minute, I kind of got the giggles and thought, I wonder if this is God's sense of humor. Can you imagine them out there for hours straining and then Jesus, stop walking by? Can you imagine that? I mean, it's almost like, so I had to read on that a little more and it actually said the word for it literally means desired to come alongside of. But still, it's kind of funny when scripture jumps out, you're like, wow, that seems like a weird response to just walk on by them while they're still straining. Um, because what would you want? They'd already been in this situation once. I'd want them to say, do your thing, do that calm, be still thing. But he doesn't do that right away. So he's, um, they see him coming, though, and they say in verse 49, when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. So they didn't know immediately that it was Jesus. They thought it was some sort of ghost or something. Um, but immediately he spoke with them, and he said to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And um, you can also interpret that as I am. He's saying I am. Um, and not to be afraid. Again, he's telling them they're freaking out in the middle of a storm and being afraid. I wonder how many of them thought of the last time. Um, but he got into the boat with them. And when he got in the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Have you thought about that? Here they are in a second situation. They're exhausted, storm. Jesus calms the storm. And I'm sure they're grateful that they are not having to strain so hard, but why would their hearts be hardened? So we see, I mean, they had the chance to be right there with Jesus, the power and the majesty of Jesus, stopping the winds, stopping the seas, and they were afraid so far. We've got that they were afraid. We've got that they were um, astonished by it, and now their hearts were hardened. So it seems like an awful lot of, um, of emotions that you wouldn't really think or expect that you would have in that moment of fear that you have. And I just think about those people waiting for the bombs to drop and, and the fear that they're experiencing. Um, and also when you think about Jesus coming out there and walking on the water beside them, it can reflect back at Job 9.8 when, when Job's talking, who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea. I wonder if they thought about some of these scriptures. Exodus 33:22, And it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. 
So there's something about that awe and that majesty, that power of Christ that we can't handle very well. It makes us scared. It makes us astonished. It makes us harden our hearts, which to me, I would think of more as a, like, hard to believe that because it's hard to fathom the power of God. But Mark, interestingly, leaves out just a little bit of this story that's interesting to us. So we're going to go into Matthew, back to Matthew 14. And so it's continuing on this story where Jesus said, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then we have this little episode with Peter that, that Mark didn't mention. But Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he didn't mention Peter walking on the water. I don't know why, but it's interesting to me. Um, but is that your, that would have been your first response? I mean, of all the things, Jesus walking on water toward the boat, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have thought, hmm, let me get out there and do that. So, wow, Peter's a pretty cool guy. I've always kind of liked Peter. Peter is this impetuous guy who jumps to things feet first, very adventurous sort, says things before he thinks it through, gets himself in trouble that way, but also has the gumption to say, hey, I want to get out of the boat and walk towards you. But Peter, I think his faith is growing so much that he knows where he needs to be. And that's with Jesus, which is pretty awesome to think about, that he, he thought that. So I would have thought, God would have been like, wow, that's amazing. Come on. So he did. So um, Jesus says, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But, but then he took his eyes off Jesus for a minute, which is what we all do. The world is very distracting. And he started to sink because he saw the wind and the waves and, and became fearful. And he was frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus, Jesus does. He stretches out his hand and saves him. But this is what he says. You of little faith, why did you doubt? I would say Jesus, Peter showed huge faith to even think that he could get out and walk on the water. It wouldn't occur to me that I could do that. So, I mean, the, to me, it sounds like, wow, is God a little harsh? Sometimes, when our faith journey, like, because I really think, poor Peter, here he was stepping out, and then he got rebuked, is what it sounded like to me. But when they got into the boat, and the wind had stopped, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. So there are those moments in life where we need to see that power to, to recognize Jesus for who he is. Almighty, all-powerful Messiah. And so to me, this was, this was Peter acknowledging his faith strengthened enough to see that. But at the same point, he did doubt. Um, but God would not let us doubt so much that we're going to sink. So fear is huge in our life. But in spite of our inadequacy and trusting in Jesus and the power um, to get us through things and to walk with us through things, um, we need to remember to recognize the identity he has as our Messiah and all-powerful. Um, so these lessons from um, the disciples, the apostles, um, are so good for us to learn because they struggled. I mean, they had watched him calm the sea. They had watched him feed 5,000, yet in this moment, doubt comes back again. So all those moments of fear we have when we... I, I, ta- I thought about Vitali and just how much he must have beat himself up with the fact that he had left 
and then Russia attacked and his family was still there and they had to make their way without him. I bet he's still beating himself up about that and just couldn't stand it and had to get back to him. Um, and we all have those moments in our life where we wish we had done or not done something, said something, not said it, doubted, wish we had, as we, after we look back and see how God walked through that with us, wish we had at the moment recognized that. Um, but that's who we are. We're all human. Um, we have a human nature that makes us fear. Um, and I don't think we'll ever completely get rid of that. But we can always, always go back to Jesus and how much he loved us and cared for us and said, I'm here for you. I'm in the boat with you. I'm walking through life with you. All right, let me pray for us. Father, we're so grateful that you teach us in our humanness and our weaknesses and our doubts and our fears and our struggles time and again through your word that you are there for us, that you will walk through life with us, you will be in the boat with us, You'll be there in our moments of doubt to save us, to pull us back up and not let us sink, that you allow us these trials and hardships and storms to strengthen our faith, to learn to walk with you and entrust in you and not in ourselves. And I pray, Lord, for all of us that we will grow and strengthen in our faith as we uh, walk through storms. Seems like our world and our country is in storm after storm of late. Um, and thank you that we have this body of Christ around us to encourage us uh, and walk through this with us. And when we're feeling doubtful or fearful, uh, someone to come alongside us and lift us up and uh, just remind us of your power and the amazing might that you have that you can do anything. As Jean said earlier, you can, you can uh, stop Putin in the army. You can do any of those things. You can completely stop all of this or you can let it continue and walk through this with us. I pray for the Christians in Russia and for those in Russia who are opposed to this and even out there protesting despite the fact that it's illegal and getting arrested, uh, trying to stop Putin. And I pray for Ukraine and the country and the people that are willing to fight against this evilness. Lord, I pray that you are with all of them and you're in the boat with each one of them, walking through this with them. Uh, speaking to their hearts. Lord, I pray that you and your will will be done in this situation and that we don't have all the answers, but you do. Um, and we thank you for that. And so each one here, I pray for the storms we're facing here with cancer diagnoses and chemo tr chemotherapy treatments and family issues and still some COVID issues and all the things we've been through over the last two years. Lord, we just thank you that you've been there with us through that and we haven't had to walk it alone. Um, and we just, uh, we pray um, to give you all the glory. We love you. We praise you. We thank you uh, that you sent such a mighty and powerful son to teach us. And we thank you for your word that we can learn from those who lived 2,000 years ago or more. And Father, we just give our lives to you. We submit to you and your will. Um, and we thank you for your son, Jesus, um, and that he loved us enough to die for us. In his name I pray. Amen.